All right. Well, we are the sports guys. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Rob. And we're really happy to have you guys this week. Uh, we're really excited. We have a great um, program in store for you here. We do want you to like this video and subscribe to the channel. It really helps us grow. And uh, we do have a lot of great topics coming up in the next couple of weeks. We like to talk about sports, food, travel, and life. So you guys have any suggestions for topics you'd like to see, put them in the comments down below. We really are excited about uh, covering any kind of topics you might want us to do. This week, as you can see in the tagline, we have a really exciting game coming up between the San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs. This is a rematch of four years ago. Super Bowl 58, four years ago was Super Bowl 54. In that game, the 49ers had a 21-10 lead going into the fourth quarter, and Patrick Mahomes came back in the fourth quarter to win his first ring. That game featured the number one offense of the Kansas City Chiefs against the number one defense of the San Francisco 49ers. This year's game, very, very different, completely flipped the script. The Chiefs have struggled most of the year with a number 16-rated offense and the 49ers have the number one rated offense, and the Chiefs have really relied on their defense to get to where they are today. So we're really going to break down every aspect of this game. Uh, it's going to be very exciting to, to share this with you, and we really look forward to your comments after the podcast. So let's talk uh, about this matchup, Rob. Um, really excited about this game. I think it could be an epic matchup. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. Uh, right in the fourth quarter, maybe even the last quarterback who gets the ball. Uh, but let's talk about the first matchup, which is the 49ers high-flying offense against the number two Kansas City Chiefs overall defense. What are your thoughts on this matchup? So I think it was a lot more clear-cut um, the last time around. Um, I think it's a completely different game this time, obviously. But the matchup is a lot more complicated. It's not so simple as to say that the Niners are a high-flying offense and the Chiefs have an incredible defense. Um, there's a lot more elements this year, a lot more nuance, a lot more layers to this thing, um, and a lot more complicated pieces that you have to look at. So this one's a lot more um, complex, I think. And so, therefore, even though, who knows, maybe the exact same thing happens, um, I would say that the likelihood of a totally different event uh, could, could very well play out because there are so many different um, pieces to each team. There are some uh, common threads, of course. There's the uh, a lot of pieces on on the um, on the Chiefs are the same. The Niners are pretty pretty different, and so I just I think it's going to be an exciting matchup because uh, I can't remember too many um, Super Bowls in Vegas that are that are rated this this close so and i think there's good reason for that so i'm excited about it because i think it's gonna be so different than last time not necessarily that the results different but how we get there is gonna be very different i think you think there's gonna be a lot of points in this game or you think it's gonna be a grinded out kind of 14 play drives both teams running the ball a lot um you know both teams not wanting to turn it over really grinded out taking field goals uh lower scoring type game what do you think it's gonna be um I think it's going to be fairly high scoring. Um, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be blowout one way or the other, but uh, there are a lot of things here that point to, um, 
The defenses have weaknesses on both sides, in my opinion. No matter what the rankings, one of the things in, in my researching this, this matchup that I've picked up on is um, the level of competition that each team has faced, I think, is a little bit lesser than in the past. Uh, and I can kind of go into that in a little bit. But um, I think that if they played 10 times, it probably would be five and five because each team would probably be able to exploit the differences, uh, the, the weaknesses. Yep. However, if you have to pick you know, one scenario, then you're just looking for likelihood of events. And that, that means that you're going to play to the strengths of each team and how they analyze. And you know, you're going to add in the coaching pieces of it, which are huge. And you're going to add in um, a lot of uh, you're going to add in luck. You're going to add in momentum. You're going to add in the talent of the players and you're going to add in the game plan and the coaching, the adjustments at halftime, et cetera. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Obviously I think that anything could happen. It could be three zero, but most likely I think it's going to be on the higher scoring side, in my opinion, because I think both defenses have some areas that I know how I would attack. And so um, in the past, when you play a superior defense, um, I like the Ravens this year, I don't know how I would attack it. Like there's no there's no spots in there that that I would really feel like you could exploit. And on both these defenses have areas that you could attack pretty savagely. So I think that's advantage to offenses. Interesting. I, I, I kind of feel like that is true in the second half. I think the first half is going to be a grinded out, lots of running, McCaffrey, Pacheco. I think uh, both teams are really going to be feeling each other out. Um, they're going to be 14 play drives, field goals taken. I think it's looking at more like a 10-7 or a 10-9 type first half. And then I do think that the second half will open up a little bit and there'll be some more explosive passing plays. I would agree with that. I think the first half, there's going to be jitters. Um, there's going to be drop passes and lots of um, pressure that mm -hmm. everyone's going to be feeling. Um, it could be just one crazy play that gets that's the momentum rolling in, uh, in, in one direction or the other. One interesting thing um, Kittle said was that uh, he talks about how there is a real thing called momentum. And yep. it's a piece that gets missed by all the analytics people. And that is something that the best coaches know how to maximize your momentum, stop the flow in the wrong direction when things are going wrong. They know how to stem the tide, so to speak. And when things are going well, um, they know how to, how to maximize the damage on the other team and keep the momentum rolling properly. So a lot of people have been critical about the Lions going forward on fourth down when they could have kicked the field goal to go up by three scores. And it's pretty valid because um, giving up the three points and then also handing the ball over to the other team and giving them momentum really uh, ended up playing out to be a mistake. And I don't think it's necessarily just in retrospect. Mm -hmm. I think uh, it was fairly predictable that if you went up by three scores, it was a pretty much a chip shot. Um, you would ma ma maintain the momentum for longer into the game and anything can happen, but you make it less and less of a window of time where the other team has the opportunity to come back and mm -hmm. get those three scores as opposed to going in. Being, being up by two scores, and now the other team has the momentum. I agree with that. 
I think the bottom line on the matchup, 49ers offense versus Chiefs defense, and then we'll, we'll go to the flip matchup, is that the 49ers have got to run the ball, unlike the Ravens last week, who completely blew it in that game. It didn't didn't have the game plan they needed to have. I think the 49ers won't make that mistake, and you're going to see a lot of McCaffrey. And what yeah. that does is what that does is it opens up play action and allows uh, Brock Purdy to really fake that ball and and get it out to one of his explosive playmakers. I don't think there'll be a lot of explosive passing plays in the first half, but I do think it'll soften up in the second half. So to me, it's got to be Kittle and McCaffrey the first half, softening up the defense, and then you can get your Ayukes and your Debo Samuels and others out and, and loose. Mm-hmm. I That's agree with that. I think Kansas City's DBs are too good to give up the explosive plays, and I think that their pass rush is too good, so the, the 49ers have got to counter that by running the ball. Yeah, I definitely think Casey's DBs are an X factor here. Um, both teams have not faced extremely good uh, talent this year. I think both teams, I was looking at both of their records and their divisions, et cetera. The number of good teams they played was very minimal. Um, therefore, when you do end up playing good teams, you need to have some good fortune and neither had an extremely impressive playoffs in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's look at the playoff record of, of each team. The Niners um, barely beat Green Bay. They barely, um, barely came back on the Lions, kind of backed into the Super Bowl, so to speak. And then you've got the Chiefs who um, didn't, they played a Dolphins team that was kind of reeling and, and upside down and really off their game. That's my team. Dolphins uh, really let me down at the end. Hit their, um, their their game plan was horrible, throwing every down and not exploiting some of their best players. And So anyway, the Dolphins team was very out of sync when they played the Chiefs, so they moved through them easily. Um, then they played the, uh, they played the uh, uh, Bills, who – Actually, probably should have won that game, um, and they just had some some bonehead plays down the stretch where they missed the open touchdown and and mm-hmm. just had some bad plays right there at the end where they could have won it, and so they were fortunate to escape that. And then they played the Ravens that had a terrible game plan. Running the ball uh, was nowhere to be found. I think they ran the ball four times in the second half total. Um, so basically they became one dimensional, which is mm-hmm. a defense's dream is to face any team that's one dimensional. And right. so I was not impressed with the chiefs 17 to 10 victory over what I think was actually the better team, the Ravens. Um, mm-hmm. But the Ravens had such a bad game plan. They made two fatal flaws against the chiefs. Number one, they said we have to hit Patrick Mahomes and that resonated through their whole locker room. They, they were kind of frothing at the mouth to hit him and, they took every opportunity to do so, but they weren't doing it within the rules. They were they were getting penalty after penalty, late hits, et cetera, mm-hmm. and it was keeping drives alive. They should have been three and outs. Instead, Mahomes is marching down the field. He doesn't need that kind of help because he's so good. Um, they were hitting him late and getting 15-yard chunks mm-hmm. added on to, to their um, first downs. So Ironically, not very impressive. Ironically, the Ravens played the 49ers on Christmas Day and blew them out, blew them off the field. And the way they did it, the way they did it was they hit him in the mouth. They were just incredibly physical. The 49ers all year have had a little bit of a reputation of being a little soft. And um, and I think that Andy Reid said it in his press conference on Wednesday this week or this past week. 
he said that they had watched that Ravens take three times already, the coaching staff, and they were going to try to emulate the physicality that the Ravens had with the 49ers. They were going to really try to hit him in the mouth. Yeah. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see if the 49ers can respond to the, the Chiefs' aggressiveness. If they go too far with it, like the Ravens did, though, they're going to end right. up paying the price for it. So that's right. I I, just, I know that a Andy Reid team is more disciplined. They won't mm-hmm. do late hits on quarterbacks and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I do think that uh, what I'm trying to say is neither path through the playoffs was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there was one that was more impressive, the Niners, what the Niners did was more impressive. Um, no, they would get they would get down and they would kind of fight their way back, and you know. Green Bay is a sneaky good team that I think is going to be good for years. Mm-hmm. Um, their roster is awesome, and they have, now they've found their quarterback. So Green Bay is going to be around. They they kind of knew what they were doing when they when they got rid of Aaron Rodgers because they knew mm-hmm. they were they were ready. So Green Bay and the, Lion, and the Lions are are definitely an up and coming team. I mean, both of oh, those yeah. teams are very tough. The Lions well, have about- possibly one of the best offensive lines in football, and that's oh, why God. they could run so effectively mm-hmm. on the Niners. Um, I don't know that the Chiefs have that kind of offensive line, um, mm-hmm. not from what I've seen and not statistically. So, All right, so anything um, else you would say that the 49ers offense has to do to break down the Chiefs defense before we move to the, the other matchup? Um, the 49ers offense, I mean, Shanahan is old school like his dad. He likes to have balanced attack. He, he's very much about running the ball. Um, I heard some stat where he rarely ever runs less than 40-plus percent of the time. So he's very committed to the run. You don't have to – he doesn't have to work the run into anything. He, he it's, an, it's an important part of what he already does. Mm-hmm. So when you're playing a really good defense, sometimes you have to run it at them to open up some of the throwing lanes. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that plays to the Niners' um, strengths. They have a great offensive line. They have the best running back in football, and they have an incredible blocking tight end, all of which really makes a nightmare for mm-hmm. what I think is the Chiefs' biggest weakness, which is their linebacking core. They have good linebackers, but not mm-hmm. not all world or anything. I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, their front four is very good, and their back four are very good, but the, the middle linebackers are, are a problem the for the Chiefs. Linebackers <laughs> are good, but not great, and so yeah. I think – Christian McCaffrey versus their, their linebackers advantage San Fran. The other thing um, is the, the other thing the 49ers do is they um, extend their running game sometimes by doing the short screen passes and they throw it to use check the tight end or the uh, fullback. They throw it to yeah. Christian McCaffrey. They throw it to Debo. They get these little, little screen passes into these playmakers hands. And it really is like an extension of the running game. Yeah. I feel like use check is going to be one of these, um, guys that does a lot of the dirty work, but I think there's going to be one or two plays that are pivotal that mm-hmm. he's going to be a part of because he's such a good weapon. He, mm-hmm. he, he's going to be in on so much blocking that he's a perfect flare out that nobody's going to be watching, you know, getting a first down or something like that. No doubt. I think, I think he's going to play a role that's not necessarily a big role, but it's going to be a pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. I know that I would make a game plan that involved him at certain spots. No doubt. Well, let's talk about the other side of the ball. You got the Chiefs, very efficient offense. I say efficient because, as I said before, they were ranked 16th this year. They kind of struggled a lot of the season, but they came on mm-hmm. at the end of the year. They won a couple in a row to close out the season. 
they they scored just enough points to win. So last week they won seventeen to ten. Uh, mm-hmm. Not overly not overly impressive, but they did have long 16, 17 play drives, keeping the ball alive, getting first downs yeah. and scrambles. They never want to give the ball to the opposing team. They don't make they don't turn the ball over, mm-hmm. um, and they're just very smart. And they they know they have a great kicking game. So if they get bogged down in the red zone. You know, what I think this game in the end is going to be is a lot of movement between the 20-yard lines by both teams and then a lot of bogging down in the red zone. That's what I think is going to end up happening. The teams Maybe. the teams are really stiffing up in the 20-yard line. End. And so I, um, so what do you think about the Chiefs' efficient offense versus the 49ers? You know, you can't sugarcoat it. It's been a struggling defense. It really has. Well, the last time they played, the Niners um, looked very inept when trying to deal with a lot of the swing passes, um, a lot of the plays to the sideline. Their corners came up real short in a lot of the tackling that was required. They had big gainers. Um, I think they're going to try and exploit the sides. Um, So it's going to really come down to how much run support those guys can get into and um, in dealing with the screen passes. As far as the offensive line, it's done a really nice job. I was looking at the depth chart for the Chiefs, and I don't feel like they have very good depth on the offensive line. Um, and they're missing to- Tooney and, again. So and, and Tooney, I think he's questionable right now as of right at the moment. Um, don't know if he's going to play. If he does play, is he going to be 100%? I doubt it. He's their best lineman. Uh, he is a difference maker. Mm-hmm. So without him, they've been doing a nice job. Um, I think the defense has the opportunity for the Niners to make some big plays, but they've also been disappointing, especially against the run. So I think the smart move for the chiefs is to run the ball down their throat. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think that's what they're going to do. The other thing yeah. you saw what Mahomes does, he does what, what uh, the 49ers do. He does the same thing. He does lots of screen passes in both directions, mm-hmm. which is an extension of the running game. Yeah, I mean, they're so smart in the way they attack other teams. Um, first of all, I love these two quarterbacks um, because of the way they play. Um, they are able to process tons of information. They're they're able to, you know, there's three kinds of quarterbacks in the modern era. There is the um, pocket passing quarterback, and mm-hmm. Tom Brady was kind of the last one of those who's going to well, be. Actually, Jared Goff. All time. Jared there's Goff Jared Goff. Goff Jerry Goff, but but the last greatest one is Mm -hmm. there's probably not going to be another one like Tom Brady, even Mm -hmm. if it even getting close to Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. The second kind of quarterback is um, one that's very mobile, but they would much they're very good from the pocket throwing. And then the third kind is very, very mobile and not exceptional from the pocket. And what I would say is guys like Lamar Jackson and. um, Buffalo's quarterback, Josh Allen, Josh mm-hmm. Allen, uh, are too mobile. They're, they're too mobile for their own good. I think their, their running is, is definitely a weapon, but it makes them go to one progression, maybe two, and then they take off. And I think mm-hmm. those kind yeah. of quarterbacks are not destined to win a lot of Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ultimately they're going to end up getting hurt too often. They're going to take too many shots. What I love about watching Mahomes and actually Purdy too. They don't take a lot of hard hits. They run around and scramble. They're very quick-footed, mm-hmm. and they can get you a first down when they need it. But they're looking for all their options first. 
they're able to, um, if a lineman misses a block, they're not necessarily dead in the water. They're able to keep the plays alive. Um, so these two are perfect examples of the second category that I would say. Right. That's true. Um, these two guys, you know, I'm not going to call Brock Purdy elite, but he does elite things. Um, and so I think he's on his way. If he builds mm -hmm. on it, he could become mm -hmm. elite if he wants. He's, he we, we saw the last two weeks he's not a game manager. I don't care what anybody says. He's, he's, he's above a game manager. Yeah. I was looking at their stats, and it's kind of incredible. Mm -hmm. um, Purdy beats Mahomes by 100 yards in throwing for the season. He has 31 touchdowns to Mahomes' 27. He has mm -hmm. 11 picks to Mahomes' 14 picks. Mm -hmm. And he has a passer rating of 113 versus Mahomes is 92. Um, he beats Mahomes in every category of passing, um, mm -hmm. efficiency, everything. So granted, that's that's just looking at statistics. That's not um, feeling out the, um, that's analytics talking. Yep. But there's something to that. I mean, anybody who says that Purdy's just a game manager, I think is just sort of mentally biased against him because he was the last pick and they're not willing to go there yet until he's won the big one. But if you look at um, how consistent he's been, mm -hmm. he's been awesome. And there's no other really way to say it. If you look at any of the numbers, you can't point to anything where it's been bad. And so no. he's been excellent. Um, but as far as Mahomes, I mean, he may not be the best of all time, but he might be. So he's definitely mm -hmm. right there under Brady so far in his career. He's still young. But he's kind of he's gotten a lot accomplished in a very short time. He doesn't make mistakes. He runs around fleet footed and keeps plays alive, never takes big shots, mm -hmm. gets first downs, runs out of bounds, instead of trying to get two more yards and take he's a just big smart. shot. He just he's plays smart. smart. Yeah. He's smart. He's creative. Uh, so, to, he knows, mm -hmm. so, so to wrap up this topic, you know, I think the way that they attack the 49ers is very similar to the same game plan as the 49ers. They need to run the ball. Mm -hmm. They yeah. need to keep keep possession of the ball. They need to have long 16-play drives, keep the ball out of the hands of the 49ers, make yeah. sure they get make sure they get points, make sure they don't turn the ball over, get their their defense really rested and ready to go when the 49ers come on the field. And that's the way I look at the Chiefs, the way they're gonna attack it. Yeah. Throw, throw it to Kelsey when it's third and six, you know, get those those third down plays with Kelsey. And yeah. Um, that's how they're gonna do it. And they're just very professional. They were they they draw up really good plays. They always seem to call the right play, and if he ever gets in trouble, he extends the play and finds a way to make yeah. it to the right receiver. So the um, the Niners have played a lot of zone this year, and I think if you play zone against Mahomes, it it can really it can really hurt you. Mm -hmm. um, he he has the ability to pick you apart. He does. He now his weapons are not great. I think this is the weakest team he's had maybe since he's been there. And why is that? Offense, because he's offense. making 50 million a year. You and I've talked about this. You yeah. know, you have you have the quarterback making the big money. What happens is yeah. is you've got to give up on the weapons. And the yeah. reason the 49ers can have the roster they do right now and they won't in about two years mm -hmm. because eventually they're going to have to pay Purdy. And when they have to pay Purdy, they're going to have to let go of some of the weapons. So it's a distinct advantage when you are in your rookie contract you're able to load up your team with with stars and weapons and great great players at all levels of your team. That's right. Whether it's all layers of your defense, 
et cetera, you, you have this, this incredible roster. And that's what's happened in San Fran is Purdy's the MVP because of his salary. Um, mm-hmm. His production and his salary together make him an incredible value. And that's why they were able to go get Christian McCaffrey. Remember, they got him in a trade. He wasn't there all season. Mm-hmm. So he's able to be brought in at this incredible elite level. Mm-hmm. Where whereas the Chiefs don't have that kind of salary cap room, you know, the, most teams that are paying their quarterback don't have that kind of flexibility. So, well, most teams um, are a quarterback away, but the 49ers were kind of like a running back away, basically. And they already had a great roster. Right. You know, so, yeah, yeah. They, so, what are you, so, what are mm-hmm. your thoughts about this quarterback matchup? Let's talk, get into that a little bit. I mean, to me, okay. you've got maybe the second goat right now. Uh, the guy who he obviously performs at the highest levels, he is in games that he is not favored. He's ten and one, and in games where he's not favored in the playoffs, he's five and zero. Oh. So he's clearly a, he rises to the occasion. He's a yeah. high level performer. He doesn't get nervous. Ice in his veins. You saw against the Ravens that they could they could tell the Ravens couldn't score against them, and so he wasn't going to make a mistake. He was going to be conservative. Right. He didn't need to make the flashy play. Uh, to me, Brock Purdy playing in his first Super Bowl, but his second NFC Championship game already in two years. Uh, is he going to rise to the occasion or is he going to make the big mistake at the wrong time? Well, I mean, I don't think there's a track record of a lot of mistakes by Purdy. Does he no. make some? Sure. You know, but look at how well he's done all season. And if you look at the the schedules, the Niners had a harder schedule and they had a slightly better record. So, and a lot of that was Purdy managing the game in a way. There's been a lot of discussion about this with Cam Newton sort of just calling him a game manager and all that. Well, Steve Young said it best, I think, when he said, it's actually really hard to be a game manager, especially when you have a lot of weapons, because the more weapons you have, the more progressions you have to go through, the more information you're processing. If you're an if you're an elite quarterback, you're able to go through first, second, third progressions, see what the defense is doing that whole time you're going through those progressions, watch trends, watch how your line is holding up, looking for your your um your flare out uh, from the backfield or or your tight end kind of getting free from the line and 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 being a, a safety valve for you. It's very difficult. I mean, you have to be some of the smartest quarterbacks to be elite, in my opinion. There are athletes like Allen and um, Jackson that I think struggle in this area, processing Mm -hmm. the information. And so when you load them up with lots and lots of options, it doesn't mean they're necessarily much better. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Purdy mentally is, is fast enough and strong enough to where he can actually utilize all these weapons. And that's mm-hmm. why he's not a game manager. He's he's a very, very good quarterback. I think mm-hmm. he should be talked about in the top 10 easily. Yeah, no and, doubt. Uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly where, but much higher than he has been talked about. Last I year, I would have put him in the in the bottom half of the league, but this year, there's no doubt he's a top 10 quarterback. And, and he's, he's trending towards top five, I would say. Yeah, he's close to top five if he's not in it. Because um, so you have to be able to process all this information. Um, you have to be able to deal with disguising defenses, people, zone blitzes, et cetera. And you have to spread the ball around to the open guy while you're getting rushed by usually, you know, one of the best defenders in the 
in the conference, which obviously Chris Jones is. Um, so, you know, his ability nope. to provide information, I think it's comparable to Mahomes. Guess what, coach? Guess what, Coach Spagnola loves to do the the uh, defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. He loves to blitz, and so yeah. it, you know, a lot of times in this game, he's going to have to make very quick decisions. He's going to have to hit the hot read, Debo or somebody, Kittle, because uh, he's going to be under duress sometimes, and uh, it's really going to be a, a testament to him if he can figure out a way to get the ball off and not make a mistake. Yeah. True, he's going to um, have a, a lot of heat. I think when there's blitzing, there's an opportunity to exploit the middle of the field with with Kittle, mm-hmm. or um, little dump off passes to McCaffrey, who flares out Juice mm-hmm. Juice Check. Was it name mm-hmm. Juice Check? Juice Check, uh, yeah. Juice Check, mm-hmm. uh, flaring out of the backfield, and then of course, let's not let's not kid around. Debo Samuel and mm-hmm. um, Brennan Ayuk are world class. The Chiefs haven't faced too many guys this good this year. No, it's true. Uh, it's when true. you look at the teams they had to play, there were very few tandems like this. So, mm-hmm. yes, the strength of the Chiefs' defense is it's – really, it's Chris Jones and the two corners are mm-hmm. the best players on their defense. Mm-hmm. And if you can minimize Chris Jones and you can um, hold the line – if that line can hold up and give him time, pretty time, then – those two elite receivers are going to get open and, you know. So back to the question, if you were to walk up to the window in Vegas right now, slap $500 down on which of these quarterbacks is going to make the critical mistake. Cause you know, one of them is going to, who's it going to be? Not necessarily. Um, I, I think it's going to be, I think the chiefs are going to struggle because if you look, they, they weren't very balanced this year. They didn't run the ball nearly as much as um, they threw it. And I think anytime you're one-dimensional, you give the defense an advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, they ran the ball, you know, 82 times fewer than the, than the Niners. Mm-hmm. Um, they had way fewer yards. Um, they threw – they threw more times. They threw 421 times to 336, but they threw for 200 less yards. So they were less effective in throwing way more. The offense was not great this year. I think there's this um, this vision that Mahomes and them are have this juggernaut rolling. Um, mm-hmm. It's just not what I've seen this year. Um, I think he he's masked a lot of their deficiencies because he's so good. Um, as far as making a mistake, it depends. I mean, I could see the Niners getting up and then the the Chiefs having to force things, and I could see Mahomes making mistakes, and it wouldn't really be his fault because there's no question that that Andy Reid and Mahomes and Kelsey, the three of them, have carried this team further than it really should have based on yeah. talent. Yeah. They they do I mean the 49ers have the best roster in football, either them or the Ravens. So yeah. Um, what what, the, can, what Kansas City has done in the last three four weeks is pretty remarkable. I mean, just, it is, and it's a lot it's because just, they're it's just great coaching, and and it's and you have a Hall of Fame player at quarterback. Their defense has played so well that it allowed their offense to just manage and and make make some good plays. If it's not there, punt, throw it away. You know, that's not going to get it done against an elite team. Um. 
I agree with that. 17 points isn't going to win this game. I agree with that. Well, let's talk about uh, special teams. So this is a side of the ball that a lot of people don't talk about. I think it's overlooked, especially in a game like this that could be really tight. Um, You have the Kansas City Chiefs were significantly ahead the 49ers when it comes to return yards, both on kickoffs and punt returns. So they have definitely a better return game. They also have the best kicker in football, whereas the 49ers have Jake Moody, who's been struggling to miss two field goals in the playoffs already. Um, Mm -hmm. You do, though, on the 49ers have the best punter in the game, um, maybe the best punter in the NFL. So um, what do you think about special teams? Could special teams either a big return at the right time, maybe deep in the fourth quarter, or maybe a a final kick to to win the game? Could that be decisive here? I think it's really – I think it's really difficult because I think momentum can affect special teams as much or more than anything else. Um, momentum swings are huge. Um, some of the biggest momentum swings happen on punts um, because of the the change in field position and mm-hmm. switching fields. Yeah, switching fields. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if special teams is is really going to determine this game. It could. Uh, because it can swing momentum so much. A, a, a kickoff for touchdown, I mean, a, a punt return for touchdown is such a shot in the arm for your whole team. You can't mm-hmm. quite get that on paper with numbers. Um, it, you know, it, it's such a momentum boost. Um, even, a, even, I, even if you get a kickoff return that, that takes Mahomes out to the, you know, to his 40 yard line, gives him that extra 20 yards. When there's two minutes left in the game and all you need is a field goal to win, you know, it can really, a big return can be a big deal. Right. Um, I think the Niners have tended to score more touchdowns. So that can negate a little bit of the field goal um, dilemma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think special teams has the ability to swing the momentum dramatically. So I could easily see it going either way with that. Um, and I don't think that can be predicted. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, if it comes down to a last second field goal, the the odds would be better for Casey, you know, but I, I'm not sure that we're going to get that kind of a game. I think, uh, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this all week and I really believe that if it's a close game that that Kansas City has a much better chance to win. If this is a blowout, Kansas City's not going to blow out the 49ers. This is not going to happen. Yeah. So if this game ends up a blowout, it's going to be a 49er blowout. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but it could. Because if they start grinding it out on the ground and just pounding it and then having play action and you've got Ayuk and, and uh, Debo and Kittle running out there, mm-hmm. this Chiefs team has been guarding, you know, Raiders – Broncos and Chargers um, a lot of the season. And I just don't think they've they've seen elite wide receivers like this. I mean, yeah, the Chargers definitely have some elite receivers, but... You really need Purdy to have a game of his life, though. You really do. It definitely comes down to errors and running the ball and uh, mistakes being made, like bad game plans, like by the Ravens. Um, You know... Uh, who's going to game plan better. We'll talk about mm-hmm. that, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think special teams is going to be a huge factor in determining the game, mm-hmm. but I do think it's possible for one big play to swing momentum, to let one of these teams kind of open up. 
Mm-hmm. True. We'll see. I will tell you, uh, the 49ers cannot afford to let the Chiefs get up 24 to 7 in the first half. They'll never come back from that. This isn't the Detroit Lions defense. Yeah. So, well, I don't think either team can really let the other because no. I don't think either team has the firepower to overcome the other teams. You know, one dimensional, the team that goes one dimensional first is going to lose. No, that's right. You that's know, that's exactly the way right. I see it. If, well, if if, uh, if if Shanahan can stay with his balanced approach, then they have a really good shot. If Mahomes can scramble around and keep plays alive long enough for his receivers to get separation, mm-hmm. then then they have a shot. And I will say, I'm very impressed with the Chiefs' running game, even though they don't run enough, because mm-hmm. um, I've heard some funny sayings about Pacheco, but. Yeah, the way he pounds the ground. (laughs) I've heard it said that uh, two different things are funny that he laughs about. He loves the sayings that they say Mm -hmm. that he looks like when he runs, it looks like he bites people. He looks like he bites people. And the other thing is he looks like he's when he's running, he looks like he's angry at the ground. Yes, he's literally stomping the ground like so hard. You can't unsee it once. Once you hear that and you watch him run, you can't unsee it because it is. It looks like he's stomping the ground, like he's angry at the ground. And yeah. so I think that 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 kind of running attack is crucial. If you're going to have a low-scoring game, you want to have fewer possessions, which means keeping it out of the hands of the other guy and the other team. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Chiefs, you don't want it to fall into Purdy's hands getting the ball to all these different weapons. That's and, right. if you're, and if you're the um, – 49ers you don't want it in Patrick Mahomes' hands so you know whoever gives up on the run first is going to lose what's interesting is um you talk about Pacheco and the way he pounds the ground Uh, a lot of the opponents who've played him say it makes him really hard to tackle because there's just no legs to trip up he's just he's so elusive and McCaffrey on the other side is the same way he's incredibly elusive he makes you fall down um he he bounces off of tackles he breaks more tackles than any running back in the league yeah. And he, he just he looks like such a small guy, but he just bounces off of big, big tacklers. And so uh, it's going to be really interesting. I think it's really going to be exciting to watch these two guys. I think they're both going to have really good games. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if you look at the track record from this year, because oftentimes um, they say that um, future predictor is is uh, can be can be done with by looking at past results or however the saying is, um, I think. The Niners had a little bit of a mixed bag, but they did have some good wins. And mm-hmm. really, the Chiefs only had, until the playoffs, um, they they beat bad teams and, and lost to good teams. And mm-hmm. uh, they beat the Dolphins during the regular season. That was kind of it. So can the Chiefs beat an elite team without the elite team beating itself? Interesting. Possibly you know, not. I don't know. Possibly not. I will say, just to wrap up this topic, um, you know, you have the this uh, playoff records. Let's look at those. You have Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes at 14-3, and three, obviously one of the best ever to do it. You have no um, the, the young Brock Purdy has been in five playoff games. One of them he only played four plays in, and he mm-hmm. lost, which was last week's in, or last year's NFC Championship game. But otherwise, he's 4-0. and oh. So he's 4-1, and one, but he's technically 4-0. Oh because he Well, he got hurt. He got hurt. Yeah. Right. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what happens in, in that matchup. Let's talk quickly about the coaching matchup. You've got Andy Reid 
You've got Kyle Shanahan. You have um, arguably two of the best five coaches in the league, at least. Both of them have lots of success. Both of them have been to multiple Super Bowls. Both of them have been to multiple Super Bowls with multiple franchises, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people consider Andy Reid the best coach in football now. Um, he probably runs, is. Runs a really tight ship, incredibly good at drawing up plays. Um, but he also trusts his coordinators. He lets his coordinators mm-hmm. do work, and, and he just infuses himself where it's necessary. And he has he, he sets the tone for that team. They all love him yeah. like he's their father or grandfather. He's got that kind of thing. Whereas Shanahan's the young gun. Reminds me of like a McDaniel or one of the young guns who likes to sling it, um, likes to pound the ball, is all about the offense, trusts his defensive coordinators to get the job done, but is really very trained on the offense. Yeah. What are your thoughts about this coaching matchup? So I think Reed is the best coach in football. Um, I think he's an incredibly bright mind. He understands all three phases and how to um, delegate. So he not only gets the most out of his players, but he gets the most out of his coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, his uh, He's been around a lot of winning, and he's been responsible for a lot of winning in different organizations. Um, I think he has a calm demeanor, mm-hmm. but his players want to fight really hard for him. He mm-hmm. uh, He's really good at taking his eye off the offense and watching the entire game. And trusting his offensive coordinator to get things organized and the right schemes together. And then he'll have input on both offense and defense when something needs to be changed or something has to happen. Or in-game adjustments, he's he's a master, um, he which makes it really hard to play against because you might have some uh, something rolling really well in your favor. Let's call it momentum. Mm-hmm. And he, know, he knows how to kind of take that away a little bit. Um, and to kind of play to his own strengths and take away your strengths a little bit. So he's a, he's a incredibly good coach, um, one of the best ever, I think. And he's also watched his team get shellacked before. He mm-hmm. knows what it's like when Patrick Mahomes is not getting protection. Mm-hmm. He watched them get blasted in the Super Bowl. But um, so yeah. mm-hmm. He understands how important it is to keep Mahomes um, – upright and and not taking shots when mm-hmm. when Mahomes was taking those shots they had no chance they mm-hmm. had no chance and and that was a more talented team than this is um, overall although I would say this defense is much better than that defense was so but also this this offensive line is better than that one only because they had three starters out yeah. during that Super Bowl. Right. it almost wasn't fair this offensive line definitely makes better holes than that one did uh and they also pass protect better um mm-hmm. Mahomes was running for his life I think that game had a big impact on Reed. I think he understands more than he did before that game how mm-hmm. important his offensive line has is to Mahomes' success. Mm-hmm. And so I think he'll be very aware of, of blocking schemes to keep the ball moving down the field and Mahomes um, from getting uh, right. Too, too, you know, too shot up and too. He keeps, he keeps Mahomes stable and calm, and and Mahomes keeps him stable and calm. It's really, they have a really right. good partnership. It's interesting. Yeah, he he's won that locker room. Those those guys love yeah. him and they'll play for him and yeah. they'll go to battle for him. They they, they love, love his like he's their second father. You know. Yeah. And then um, Shanahan is 
uh, a very good coach because of his fundamentals. He um, knows how to get a lot out of his players. He's a very creative offensive mind, Mm -hmm. which tells me that he's probably going to get – he's going to take some shots. You know, he's not going to sit back and let those corners intimidate anybody. He's got Mm -hmm. world-class wide receivers, and he wants to make them scared. The the Chiefs secondary is scared of these guys. Um, he wants to pound the ball and not go away from the run no matter what. No matter if there's a little bit of a um, you know, deficit, you're still staying with it because it works and it keeps your keeps the defense honest. Um, mm-hmm. he's less likely to go one-dimensional than Reed. So, you know, in my opinion, unless the ball bounces the wrong way, um, there's a higher likelihood of the Niners having more explosive plays on offense. That's true. I will say that a lot of this Super Bowl is going to come down to which team tackles better because, you know, you've got Shanahan's going to try to get the ball in the the hands of his playmakers, and in some cases they will. But if they get tackled within five yards of the line of scrimmage over and over and over and no explosive plays, then that's one thing. If they are able to get lots of yards after the catch, then, you know, 49ers' likelihood of winning goes way, way up. Same thing on the other side of the ball. You know, the San Francisco 49ers, they just haven't tackled well the last four or five weeks. Right. They've, it's really been piss poor, and they say so. I, it mean, is. They I will think those linebackers, those linebackers are going to be um, much more uh, geeked up for this game and, and yep. ready to attack. Yep. I mean, I think they have two of the best linebackers in football. They do. Um, they just haven't been playing like it. Great, you know? Uh, And I think the defensive line has one of the top three pass rushers in the league uh, in Nick Bosa. And I think Chase Young is, is, is a nice piece if they can get him ignited, you know, you you had all three lions running backs score a touchdown in that game last week. And on all three plays, Steve Wilkes said that the effort was just pathetic. Yeah. He said it it wasn't up to the 49er standards. And so, They've, they've got to get that cleaned up, and I think they will a little bit. They're not going to give up those kind of really soft runs like that. Yeah. Wilkes is a, a good coordinator. Um, he's been around the game a lot. He, his guys love him. They were trying to keep him in Carolina. Um, and I think that – Actually, Carolina Panthers shirt on here, so I, I really wish we had kept him last year. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to get some of those things cleaned up in the defense. I think he's working with a lot of nice pieces so you can, you can get it cleaned up. I'm not saying they're going to dominate, you know, they're not going to be the Ravens, but I think they can definitely create havoc with their pass rush. If they can clean up some of the, um, the running uh, plays on their defensive side, uh, Mm -hmm. I think their secondary is plenty good enough. And um, especially against the weapons that the Chiefs have, I, I don't think they're elite at all. They're mm-hmm. good, but they're not great. And so um, if there's any pressure on Mahomes, he's going to mm-hmm. have nowhere to go with the ball, um, except Kelsey's always open for some reason. So right. if, if, I'm, if I'm the Niners, I am blocking the heck out of Chris Jones with multiple guys, um, and uh, I'm going to run the ball a lot. And I'm going to, uh, on on defense, I'm going to try to uh, double double um, uh, Kelsey and see if I can get them to beat me some other way. 
And I'm going to run the ball a lot on both sides of the ball. Both teams need to run the ball. A lot. Both teams need to run the ball or else they're not going to win. I, th- I think – As the 49ers start trying to get every play to Brandon Ayuk down the field, they're going to – he's going to have about eight sacks because the Chiefs are going to come. You know Spagnuolo is going to come. That's my so. biggest prediction is the first team to go one-dimensional is going to lose. That's right. So uh, bottom line on the coaching matchup, do you think um, – and just to go back to – Shanahan, brilliant coach, um, has been mm-hmm. part of the most, the two most unfortunate comebacks in Super Bowl history. Not that it was all his fault, but uh, one of them being um, four years ago when he had the twenty-one to ten lead with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, lost to the Chiefs. And the um, the year that he was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, they had a twenty-eight to three lead at halftime on the Patriots, and somehow found a way to give that game up as well. So, you think he's going to get it done this time? I think both coaches have the really bitter taste of those games and they're very, very important learning um, lessons for them and their, and their staffs to be a part of losses like that. Reed has a lot of losses as well um, in the playoffs and that terrible Super Bowl to draw from in terms of what not to do uh, and what not to allow in terms of if you're going to have a banged-up offensive line, then you have to go max protect or something. You have to do things uh, that that generate offense without um, letting your quarterback get killed like that. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they both learned from those experiences. I certainly wouldn't put on Shanahan that big-blown lead against the, the, the um, Patriots. Certainly not all his fault. He wasn't even head coach, but he saw it. He learned from it. I know that that just will never sit well with him uh, for the rest of his life. But that's how this game is. It, it teaches you really tough lessons, and then you get better from it. So mm-hmm. I think the biggest problem is going to be if the Niners' defense is struggling. Shanahan's so offensively focused that he's not going to be able to help right the ship in terms of ideas. Um, and that's what happened against uh, – the Lions, um, they had to wait till halftime adjustments, and and then they did come out and shut them down. But it really took the Lions shooting themselves in the foot with going for it on fourth downs a couple of times um, mm-hmm. to give them that opening and that changing momentum. The best coaches here are going to ride the momentum as long as they can and never let the momentum go too far in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know who that's going to be, honestly. I think okay. – um, Reed might be the better coach, but I think Shanahan is maybe even more creative offensively. So it's going to be really exciting. Is it, it is. going to be an offensive battle? I think that's advantage for uh, the Niners. No doubt. Um, if, if it's low scoring, I think Reed's going to win that battle. I think Reed's going to know what Chiefs to do. Chiefs want to muck it up. Chiefs want to muck it up. They want it to be twenty to seventeen, or you know, yeah. twenty four twenty one, something like that. That's how the Chiefs want it to be. Or lower than that, even yeah, twenty-one to seventeen or something. So let's talk about field conditions. Obviously, they're going to be playing in the dome in Las Vegas. Um, perfect conditions, no wind, no rain, no snow. All the conditions the Chiefs actually enjoy and love because the teams that come in to play them in those conditions are not used to it, and they usually beat them. So in this case, and and we've had a couple of games where Purdy really was bothered by the rain and by the wetness. He wasn't able to throw the ball very well. He, um, you know, room, rumor is that he has a, a small hand. So uh, because it will be perfect conditions, does that give the 49ers any kind of edge in their offense? 
I think so. I mean, the more weapons you have, the better traction you have, the the more effective it's going to be. So I think it just – it's not so much that it gives the Niners an advantage. It's more that it doesn't give the Chiefs an advantage right? that they would have had, you know. So um, – and again, I don't – that might be overstating it. I'm sure it rains a lot in San Francisco. So they're used to rain and, and that kind of messed up fields. And no, But having know. watched a lot of football this year, the Chiefs, for some reason, doesn't matter what the conditions are, he can still throw the ball, whereas Purdy really struggles in the rain. Probably so, right, you know. Yeah. But, but I mean, if they're pounding the ball, it doesn't matter if it's if it's wet and rainy and snowy. and So it's just going to come down to that. My feeling is playing in the Dome in Vegas is, you know, that is just a dream come true for the 49ers and their dynamic offense. Probably. Like a fast Probably. track. They should have a nice amount of crowd there. Um, mm-hmm. And and the weather, there's going to be no weather effect and there's no um, conditions they have to worry about. <laughs> that will be so, yeah. interesting to see what, what the mix of the crowd is going to be there. I, you know, the Chiefs travel well, the – 49ers travel well. Both have very passionate fan bases. They'll probably be better even, I would think. I heard for a ticket of two, you end up spending somewhere around 30000 or the upper levels, upper um, brackets is like 70000 for two tickets. So I don't know how well anybody's traveling. I think it's going to be all celebrities <laughs> and mm-hmm. wealthy people. But they call it the wine and cheese crowd go to the Super Bowl these days because it's so expensive. It can't. You can't take your son to it, you, you know. Everyone spend, just has watch parties. At their, on house. What's right. that? Everyone just has watch parties now, you know. Right, you know, and why, why, why would you want to spend sixty-nine, seventy thousand dollars to go see a game? That's it's right. gonna be an incredible game. You can see it in your living room. That's right. <clears throat> Absolutely think, right. With your, with your chicken wings and all your great food, and hopefully yeah. all you all you folks who are watching today are gonna have a great party at your house and have all your friends around you. So um, finally, let's talk about the betting lines in Vegas. So this game is sitting right now. It's been fluctuating between one and a half and two points. Uh, San Francisco's favored. Um, A lot of the pundits I saw this week said that it would be a much bigger line actually because of the disparity in talent between the two rosters and that Patrick Mahomes makes about a six point difference. So, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the, respect him that much that he makes almost a touchdown difference in this line so you're looking at 49ers favored by let's say two points uh with the over under at 47 and a half so what are your thoughts on those two lines what do you think is going to actually happen what's your prediction um i think it's going to be Pretty much what what they're saying. I, I think the Niners are going to get out to a lead, and then the Chiefs are going to come back, but it's going to be too little. Okay. What I think is going to end up happening is because the Chiefs got the number two defense, they're going to keep they're going to stay in the game the entire game. I don't think the 49ers will ever get out to a big lead. I think the lead may even trade hands a couple times throughout the game. Um. I think it'll be a 10 to seven type half at halftime. I think it'll open up a little bit more in the second half, a little bit more points. Uh, Like I said before, most of the yardage in this game on both sides of the ball are going to be between the twenties. And I think both defenses will stiffen up in the red zone. So you may even have a little bit of a field goal battle for a while. Um, 
And then I think in the end, I'm never betting against Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Harrison Butker, and and Super Bowl experience that they have already. I'm just not going to bet against that. I think it's an incredibly good game. It may be even an epic game and may come down to a Harrison Butker field goal with you know 30 seconds left or something like that. So I'm saying 24-23 Chiefs. And I think you're thinking it'd be the opposite of that, right? 49ers by a couple points. Yeah, I think it's me close. Um, I think it's possible there's a blowout, but I don't I don't see that here. <clears throat> I don't think either team is that much better than the other. Um, but I do think the Niners are a better team than the Chiefs. And I think Patrick Mahomes is so good that he's making it as even as possible. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a really close Super Bowl, but we'll see. You know, um, you cannot predict the the bouncing of a ball going in the wrong direction or a lineman falling on it or um, a mistake. You know, sometimes mistakes just happen, and it's not a big discipline problem where the coaches aren't doing a good job. It's just somebody jumps off sides at the wrong time and kills right. a drive that could have – even the score up and the momentum swings because then you have a block pun. And so that's the kind of stuff you just can't, you can't really predict. You're really talking about probabilities of looking at the talent levels and what the, each team has accomplished this year. Um, like I said, not, not terribly impressive on either side. Uh, the Niners had a harder schedule and had um, a slightly better record. Um, they dominate, um, in offensive categories and um, the chiefs dominate in defensive categories. Mm -hmm. However, I would say the chiefs defensive numbers are against pretty bad teams. And I saw that last year play out when the Eagles went in wildly overrated defense uh, against um, the chiefs. Sorry. What did I say? The Eagles went in to the super bowl with this shining defensive numbers and yep. it was against yep. the NFC East, and it just they they were inflated numbers. And mm -hmm. I think we have a little bit of that here with Kansas City. I think Kansas City has probably the best pass rusher in football, and the and the best corner tandem. And then, mm -hmm. but there's there's parts of that defense that you can attack. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the kind of unbelievable defense that it would be if you were playing the Ravens. So you can run on them. I mean, they're they're ranked 18th in the run. So. Yeah, you just. You just double team Chris Jones and, and you and you, you you see what you can do against the other guys, you know. I mean, this is make, the time you just wear McCaffrey out. You give him twenty five to thirty carries, you wear him out in this game. I, I would I would tandem running backs in. They got a, a nice group of depth uh at at um at running back. Um yeah, they Mitchell. have McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, yep, um Jordan Mason. You might give Juszczyk a couple carries. You might give Juszczyk, Elijah Mitchell, a couple carries. Debo can carry. You know, you just want to keep the defense a little bit on their heels, and then you're rolling because you give McCaffrey a crack to run through, and you're on your heels. He's going by you. And then play action works. Yeah. You and I have talked about that. We're we're old school. You know, we believe in ground and pound, and then once you ground and pound, it softens up the defense. No question. So I think the best bet, if you were going to go to the window in Vegas, the best bet for me 
I wouldn't take the minus two and I wouldn't take the over under. I would do what's called a two team teaser uh, where you get to take six points in either direction Two te- You have to get both of them right to win. I would take a six, six point two team teaser and I would take, you know, the chiefs plus four and I would take um, the under 53 and a half. I think that's the best, uh, best bet for people. I think Mahomes over 35 passing attempts is a good bet. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, I think when we come to the player props, let's talk about those. Like you said, Mahomes over thir- 35 passing attempts. That's a really good bet. McCaffrey over 36 and a half receiving yards. I think he's going to be a big part, not just of the running game, but also the passing game. He always seems to catch the one pass over the middle that goes for about 30 yards. Um, Mahomes uh, with his rushing yards, his number was set pretty high, I thought. 26 and a half rushing yards for Mahomes. And I thought, I'm not quite sure he'll reach that. I think he will. I think he will. He he runs for a lot of first downs, um, and and at the end does not take a shot. So he's he's really mm-hmm. he stays healthy. He stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows how to get down. He knows how to throw the ball away. He's extremely frustrating to play against as a defense because he's so smart, and he's mm-hmm. so careful. I can't remember the last time he really got rocked. You know, he no, just doesn't. Not- I mean, he just yeah. doesn't. He's smart. We'll see. And the, that's uh, why Pur- he really destroys your – he breaks your will, <laughs> you know. The Brock Purdy rushing number was really interesting, 11.5 rushing yards. They had him way below Mahomes. I thought that was interesting because he had 43 yards rushing last week. Doesn't He's mean so fast. Doesn't mean to replicate that, but I can't imagine him staying under 11.5. He's going to run less for likely to take off trying. He's less likely to take off trying to get that first down, but when he does decide, he's just as good as Mahomes. I think he's faster, actually. I like the Purdy over 11 and a half rushing yards. I think that's a good prop to bet. Yeah. Um, the Purdy under 248 and a half passing yards. And the reason I said under on this one, I'd like your opinion on it, but I said under because I can't imagine Shanahan's not just going to pound the rock and run it all day long. I don't know. I'm not sure he'll even get to 200 yards passing, but if he does, it'll be, you know, 205, 210. Somewhere well, I think there. I think you're going to be looking at weird passes. Like you're going to see screens that go for 30 yards. You're going to see um, non-traditional passes. Maybe a little dink to a tight end in the middle of the field who goes for 20 yards. You're right. going to get a lot of yards, but it's not necessarily that they're tearing up these corners. Mm-hmm. It's, there's just going to be creative ways that you can throw the ball, and it turns into yardage. And I think uh, I'm not sure about that one. I could mm-hmm. see it going either way, really, because I could see a lot of these passes, little little slants and stuff that you got your nickel corner covering. Um, Pacheco over 68 and a half rushing yards. Um, again, I can't imagine the Chiefs going into this game and not wanting to pound the rock with Pacheco. He's gotten over 100 yards the last two weeks. Um you know, 68 and a half seems a little bit low. I can't, if he gets under that, I think the Chiefs are going to lose. Well, I agree. I think I think they're going to try to definitely get him yards. Um, I think they know they've been a little bit too pass happy this year to their own detriment because all the images of Kadarius Tony dropping balls and, you know, they their superstar on offense is Mahomes. Their next best player on offense is Kelsey. But a close to him is is Pacheco, mm-hmm. and I think he, he needs to be utilized. 
Um, he's the key to winning for them because yeah. I think there's going to be a doubling. If I'm defending um, the Chiefs, I'm taking away uh, Kelsey the best I possibly can. Mm-hmm. It's not an afterthought. It is a primary responsibility. I put mm-hmm. a safety and a linebacker on him, and the linebacker hits him all over the within the five yards, and then he releases, and, and the safety picks him up. And I talked about tackling. It's a, I mean, Kelsey's going to get his catches, but if you can tackle him for five-yard gains, you're fine. It's all I'm, going, I'm going single coverage on these wide receivers. I just don't find them very impressive. I can't remember a core of wide receivers less threatening in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. So what about Kelsey over 70 receiving yards? He's beaten that four weeks in a row. He had kind of an average season. A lot of people thought maybe he's slowing down, maybe he's close to retirement. But I think boy, did, boy, did he turn it on. I mean, he when when the lights go on and when it's prime time yeah. and it's a big game, he just delivers. Last week he had 120 yards passing uh, receiving. And, of course, two touchdowns. So, I think Mahomes and Kelsey have an even more special relationship the bigger the game. And so, you know, I think if he gets over 70 yards, the game plan isn't working for the Niners. Mm-hmm. Um, could be desperation time, you know, especially if he gets like 100 yards. Um, if it's 71, if that's all they're able to do, then then – you know, fine, but I mean, he was just devastating to the Ravens last week, and I I just couldn't understand it. I was th- thinking to myself, what film were the Ravens watching the week before? I don't get it. He I don't know. Just, they were just he they was were single covered, rushing um, Mahomes. That it was almost like they they weren't worrying about covering anybody. I mean, they were covering like man to man, or he was single oh. covered most of the time. If he was covered, there were times where he just was completely yeah. go sit. Off zone, completely alone, waving yeah. his hand. Yeah, yeah. that just yeah, can't happen. Play, can't if happen. you played zone, Kelsey going to eat you up. The 49ers have got to have at least Warner on him or somebody. Yeah. So what about Kittle over 49 receiving yards? I also feel good about that. I feel good about both these tight ends going over. I'm not sure because Kelsey said it best. He said, Kittle would ha- have my numbers except he's such a good blocker. Mm-hmm. Um. He's an elite blocking tight end, and most elite blocking tight ends aren't very good receivers. He is a weapon comparable to Kelsey. However, he's a much better blocker than Kelsey. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, the Niners use him to block more, and that's why they're so effective in the running game because they are able to get the extra blocker on every play, and then they decide when they want to use him in the pass game. Right. Um, I don't know if he gets over 49. If it's me – He's getting 100 yards because I think he's so effective. He's a mismatch, and you always want to play to your mismatches. And he usually, doing- gets, he usually gets two to three catches a game, like you said, the reason being because he's blocking all the time. But yeah. when he does get catches, you notice they're usually 20-yarders. You know? so, yeah, he makes um, big plays. He's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. The problem mm-hmm. is he likes blocking, and they need him to block. And the blocking is what frees up the running game. He's such an important part of that. So I think I think they should use him more than 49 yards but I don't know. I think I he's going to go. I think I think both of those tight ends are going to go in prime I think time. There's, there's other ways for the for the 49ers to get have success. It doesn't automatically go through Kittle. 
Hughes check. Matter, matter of fact, Kittle, when he catches the ball, he's more likely, if he's got a gap, to take it the distance than Kelsey is. He's faster than Kelsey. Faster. Yeah, he's faster. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Kelsey has a lot of respect for Kittle because he knows what the guy's capable of. But he's a very team-oriented guy. He's he's willing to go in the trenches and block nonstop. Mm-hmm. And and he's not throwing his arms up in the air like, why am I not getting the ball? That's not him at all. Mm-hmm. So he's an important piece on the offense, like beyond belief. Um, but is he going to get more carries and catches? I don't know. Mm-hmm. 49 yards, probably pretty close to what he's going to get. But he could have one or two touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised. So, so the last one I had here was Rashid Rice. He's become really Mahomes' favorite target other than Kelsey. Throws to him a lot. Um, he had eight catches last week. He's uh, really become almost like his security blanket at the wide receiver position. He's very, very good. He's a rookie, but he's uh, he's really come on, and he's become a very productive receiver. What do you think about over six receptions for him? Uh yeah, I think so. I think um, I think they need him to to come up big. They don't have a lot of weapons. He's their best weapon um, on the outside, and so they gotta they gotta test those corners a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they're gonna try and get in the ball a lot. So ultimately, there's a good chance he gets more than six receptions. What's interesting is what's interesting is Kelsey and him both are both very good at planned routes, the good route runners. But also I noticed both of them on hot routes when he's getting blitzed, they're both being targeted. It's basically they're the one and two option on on hot routes. Right. So, you know, he gets a couple of catches just because, you know, Mahomes is desperate and he only has one second to throw, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, any other thoughts on the game? I mean, I think we've made our picks here. Um, we've gone and broken down every single aspect of the game, all each side of the ball, the coaching matchups, the quarterback matchups. Uh, I, I think it's going to be an excellent game. It may even be a classic. And I uh, love the coaching matchup, and I love the quarterback matchup. Yeah, it is very exciting. I can't remember the last time um, teams matched up so well. I mean – star tight ends, star quarterbacks that can manage a lot of weapons and a lot of processing, incredible coaches, um, really good defensive coordinators with strong defenses that have a lot of nice pieces, uh, a lot of intrigue. Um, there's going to be the excitement of Taylor Swift's there, which is giving juice to the the crowd and to the, the, the magnitude of the event. Um, I think the matchup's going to be a really good one. I think that you're looking at an epic coach quarterback tandem versus a roster that is has underachieved slightly in the last few games, but is very, very strong. And it's funny I think you mentioned Taylor Swift because apparently in Vegas there's a bunch of Taylor Swift um, prop bets as well. There's how many sightings on TV – there's when is she going to arrive at the game? Is it going to be during the game or before the game? Because she's coming from her concert in Japan. Mm-hmm. And then there's even a prop bet on whether he's going to propose to her right after the game or not. You can actually bet on that in Vegas. Pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. So 
I find it kind of interesting that, that there seems to be a lot of pushback on her. Um, I don't feel any of that. I don't really know. I don't know much about her. She's overexposing a little and she know like they know that they've even talked about it, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's a big deal. I think it helps. It helps the NFL reach new fans, uh, puts, puts a little credibility on it when celebrities go to the games. I think it helps the NBA a lot. Um, when they have courtside and, you know, they do a better job of highlighting their celebrities. Actually, in the Super Bowl, they do a pretty good job of going from this this celebrity and that celebrity um, in this box. And uh, I think it adds to the game. It doesn't really take much away. Who cares? I mean, the thing, the thing about her, I think that reason most people like her, even people who are casual fans, is because she's kind of wholesome. She's from the South. She's from a good family. Um she seems down to earth for a billionaire. You know, she's got, she owns two corporate jets and yet she just seems wholesome when you talk to her and she hangs out with Kelsey's mom and dad. And Yeah. I mean, I don't know about all people, that. I people just, like that. She doesn't seem aloof. She doesn't seem to be a diva. It, it so, doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like it takes anything away from the game when they show her. I heard um, that everyone's belly aching about it, but that, the grand total of the amount of the average that they show her during a game is 17 seconds. Mm-hmm. It's just not right. that big a deal. It's just right. not that big a deal, but people are making it into this huge thing and it's really not. So it'll what's be interesting. Not- what's interesting is her, her dad played college football at university of Hawaii. Mm. So apparently she really is a football fan and always has been because of her dad. Mm. So It's not going to be hard to focus on this incredible matchup. Um, where you have all these people doubting, no hurting. you have all these people like looking at the Chiefs' sort of semi-disappointing season, but they got just enough wins to kind of get up there, and and they they really did well in the playoffs um, with what they were dealt. Um, I think uh, you've got all these stars on both teams. You got a celebrity is going to be everywhere. It's in Vegas. It's the biggest party in the United States. The only thing bigger really is the World Cup. Um, so I think did it's you see what, Did you see what they have on top of the sphere in Vegas this week? No. They have a Chiefs helmet and a 49ers helmet on top of the sphere. Oh, I did pretty, see that. Yeah. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a huge deal. You can't have a bigger place to have it. It's going to be absolutely humongous. You're going to have the airplane flyovers. You're going to have all the celebrity talk. Um, but in the end, you've got the a top five coach. The t- two top five quarterbacks. You've got uh, two of the best franchises in the NFL that everybody wants to emulate themselves after. There's there's no secret or surprise as to why these two teams are here because they're well run franchises. Yeah, they have good good front offices. They they draft well. They develop their players. They have great coaches, and that's why they're there. You know what's interesting? I I went back and I was listening to all the draft um analysis of patrick mahomes Mm -hmm. and it was almost unanimous that he was a bad pick Mm -hmm. why are you picking him he's gonna be a bust he has terrible footwork uh he has bad mechanics Mm -hmm. he's um not mature he and they couldn't have been more wrong and just because a bunch of people are saying something over and over and repeating it that doesn't mean that a young player can't develop and so I think there's some of that going on with, with Purdy. Nobody wants to put him in an elite category because he was Mr. Irrelevant. Well, you, had he, every, you had every franchise pass over him seven times. 
Yeah. If you had him uh, picked two spots higher, I don't, I don't think he'd be getting this disrespect. So it's just the strangest thing. Um, do I think he's a better quarterback than Mahomes? No, but I think mm-hmm. he's elite. And I think his ability to um, process information is going to be on display. And I think Steve Young's right. Here's here's he- some here's some fun questions for you for us to close this out. First one: Would you rather yeah. have Brock Purdy or Lamar Jackson? Brock Purdy. Okay. Would you rather have Brock Purdy or Josh Allen? Brock Purdy. Okay. Would you rather have Brock Purdy or um, Jalen Hurts? Brock Purdy. All right, so who would you put over Purdy? You'd put Mahomes and who else? Uh, let's see. Mahomes. Um, Aaron Rodgers, most of his career. I don't know about at this exact moment. Um, Maybe Joe, Joe Burrow, probably. I'd probably choose Burrow over. I would put Burrow. Yeah, when he's um, healthy. Yeah, which is most of the time. Um, Maybe Justin Herbert. I'm really interested. I think one of the biggest acquisitions already, mm-hmm. else, Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers. You're talking about a team that probably should have won 10 or 11 games and won five. Yeah. And, um, and he's he's inheriting a very good roster and, and a franchise quarterback, a good running back, two great receivers. And Jim Harbaugh comes in. Yeah, great edge point. rushers. They have a lot of nice pieces on defense. They still need a few pieces, but they are not far away from being a very winning team. Get a really good uh, draft, you know. A decent playoff team, like not not wild card. <laughs> their uh, only problem is they're over the cap, so that is the one struggle he's going to yeah, have. they got a lot of work to do, um, shuffling some people. I would probably start dumping some of the expensive veterans. Uh, and get get younger in the draft and get cheaper in the draft. Uh, you can get a lot of productivity um, at league minimum at the, these days. But um, I'd have to think about that a little bit. Keep keep going with your questions. So my last three questions, and we'll close it out. The first one is, um, what are you going to have as snacks at your Super Bowl party? And by the way, I'm going to be there, so I'm looking forward right. to it. Let's do it. What uh, snacks are you going to have? Nachos, wings. Oh man, um, I'm still putting my menu together. To be honest, beer. Yeah, wheat smoothies. Okay, good. I'm uh, excited about that. Yeah, and um, and like our dad used to do, chocolate milkshakes. Milkshakes at halftime because the boys will probably have to maybe go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Probably uh, before the game's over. So. Yeah, milkshakes at halftime. Because I'm not really interested in halftime shows. Um, the right, question, reason- two, question two is who's going to score first and what type of score is it going to be? Uh, maybe the Chiefs a field goal. Okay. I think that's right. That's what I would have said too. Chiefs field goal. If it's the 49ers, it will be a McCaffrey touchdown. I think I, I think one of the receivers for the Niners is going to go off. It has nothing to do with the corners. They're going to play great, but I think there's going to be schemes that just. We haven't talked about Ayuk much, but I mean, the guy is a game breaker. He can be. 
Yeah, you can be. He can just destroy you. I, I think I think these elite receivers are going to be a lot for those incredible corners to handle because I think they're not going to be getting a lot of help back there. They've got to have their safeties. What Shanahan needs to do is he needs to spread them out, almost like a college offense, and just have mm-hmm. three, three, four wide because yeah. they only have two great corners. And so, you know, put one of your big guys in the in the slot. Put one of your big guys outside. Put Kittle out there. Put yeah. McCaffrey, maybe put McCaffrey in the slot. I mean, there's no no tight end or no uh, linebacker in the world who can cover Christian McCaffrey. And um, right. just get creative with your alignments, you know. I think that's what's going to happen. I don't know how it's all going to play out. Is Chris Jones going to have an otherworldly night? Um, are they going to be able to double him and keep him kind of quiet? Not sure. Not sure. I, I so my we'll last see. question for, for the night is um, which of these two teams is most likely to be in the Super Bowl next year? And the reason I ask that is four years ago, these same two teams met. You can see these two franchises are top of the top of the top of the NFL. They're consistently there all the time. If they don't get to the Super Bowl, they get to the championship game. Um, Chiefs won it last year. You know, they've been in it a couple times recently. 49ers, this is their fourth. NFC Championship game under Shanahan. Which of these two teams is more likely to be there next year? Um, Niners. I actually agree. I agree. I, I think the Chiefs, as good a franchise as they are, with the best coach, the best quarterback, the best tight end, Etc. cetera. Uh, I think actually after this season, they're about to start sliding a little bit. And I think that there's already rumors about Reed retiring in a year or two. Yeah. So I, I think about the enemy, about, the enemy I, might not, be brought back onto the staff in order to make room for Reed to step aside. NFL dynasties these days last three to five years. You know, they're at about year five of the dynasty. And yeah. I think the 49ers might be about to start one. Yeah, I think they are because they're they're under um, Purdy's uh, rookie contract. Um, they've overpaid for very few players. They paid a lot for a few players, but they're very productive. So they're making good decisions with with their money. Um, they'll, they'll probably lose like maybe an Ayuk. You know, they're going to lose somebody. But what they'll yeah. do is they'll draft a stud in the draft. You know, like to take his place. Yeah, they, you can't keep them all. No, you can't. So I just think that the core that they will be able to keep together is really has a lot to do with um, Purdy's contract and they don't need to pay him until after next year. That's right. So they're going to be good next year too. I would imagine. Thank you, you, Rob, for all your insight. Uh, We had a lot of fun with this uh, podcast. Um, Look for our next one coming up and thanks to all you guys for liking and subscribing. And looking for the sports guys, we're going to be coming with a lot more content on this channel. We're really excited about uh, going on this journey with you guys. So thank you so much, and have a great Super Bowl. It's going to be a good one. Thanks, everyone. Yeah.